The Upper Cumberland is filled with rich history that helped to shape our country to what we live in today. Join avid historian Troy Smith as he will tell you tales of characters and events that happened in your backyard. Mountain True starts now. Hello, you're listening to Mountain True from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry now offering Zoom teeth whitening, West Jackson Street in Cookville. Now, uh, back to our ongoing story uh, that we have been following about the uh, the Moonshine Wars and uh, the connection between what was happening here and what was happening in Indian Territory in Oklahoma. So to quickly summarize, in Indian Territory, because of all the outlawry and violence that was going on, that the Indians really had no control over. They were backed into a corner by the federal government uh, in such a way uh, that this sort of perfect storm arose for all this banditry. Um, And yet the non-Indian people who had moved into the area started using that as a justification to take the Indians' land away. Well, you know, they're, look how violent it is. They can't control things. They can't control their own people. Um, they're backward. They're holding up civilization. They are, quote, savage. People were starting to say again, despite the fact that uh, many of those Cherokees probably spoke better English than some of their white neighbors. Meanwhile, back in Appalachia, uh, there had been there had been fighting. There had been violence connected to uh, the federal government's efforts to collect uh, taxes on um, on illegally produced or illegally sold alcohol that hadn't been taxed. Um, but there were also efforts being made to sort of increase the in- industry uh, to industrialize and actually railroads. Uh, that's another thing that. Uh, that the two regions have in common. Railroads had come into Oklahoma uh, and opened things up for trade um, that uh, the Indian control uh, was sort of inhibiting. Same things going on in Appalachia as some of the the mountain folk just either didn't want to sell their land, didn't want to cooperate with the plans to modernize things and to industrialize, or if they wound up doing so uh, and they were working in these areas, they uh, had reached the point that they were starting to, to organize for their, their rights as, as, as workers. All of that standing in the way of, quote-unquote, progress, just as progress was being impeded in Indian Territory. And by progress, uh, you can probably hear in my voice the air quotes I'm adding to that. Uh, Progress essentially meaning certain people making a lot of money. Well, out in Oklahoma, the white people are complaining about how savage and backward the Indians are, when really it was usually not the Indians doing this stuff. Um things started to happen similar to that in the press where Southern Appalachia was concerned. The press reports about the violence um, not only reported the violence, because there was violence, just as there was violence in Oklahoma. Um, You know, we're looking at, uh, well, 
between Oklahoma and the American South, about 150 federal marshals killed in that 40-year period. That's half of all that have ever uh, died in the line of duty. So there was violence. But they went beyond reporting on that violence. And they started using that to sort of color the portrayal of the people in the area in Appalachia, just as had happened and was happening in Indian territory with the Indians. What do I mean? Well, sometimes when I get to this point uh, of this particular discussion in, in class, I will ask my students to, to tell me some of the words that they think the general public would associate with the term hillbilly. What are some of those words? Well, things like lazy, immoral or amoral, um, no shoes, drunk, extremely violent, incestuous, um, not very bright, poor hygiene, uh, all those things uh, that are associated with the, uh, the hillbilly stereotype. Still today, actually, those things started to be used in the media. In the 1880s, 1880s, 1890s, around the time we're talking about. Now, if you will stop for a moment and think about famous people from southern Appalachia before the Civil War. How were they portrayed and how were they looked at? So, you know, we're not here in a classroom. I can't, I can only talk at you. I can't talk with you and you can't answer me back. Uh, but, you know, uh, when I ask students, name me some famous people from the mountain south from before the Civil War. Well, Davy Crockett, Davy Crockett, uh, um, Andrew Johnson, Andrew Jackson, uh, Sam Houston, uh, any number of other people that were not portrayed in their own lifetimes as coming from a place where everyone is illiterate, everyone is involved in an incestuous relationship and has no teeth and has ratty clothes and is drunk all the time and uh, is dangerously violent all the time. That's not how they were portrayed at all. They were portrayed as American heroes. They were portrayed as the type of people that the rest of America was asked to model themselves after, the frontier folk, the hardy uh, backwoods uh, folk who were self-sufficient. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, by the time of their grandchildren, all these horrible negative stereotypes are coming out. And newspapers are reporting on things like, for example, the, uh, the feud between the Hatfields and the McCoys. Um, that, again, uh, there was uh, certainly some violence uh, involved there. But if you compare uh, what happened with those two families, uh, a lot of it was in the courtroom, uh, but if you compare it to just crime reports from other areas, uh, it wasn't really that out of place at the time from around the country, but it was honed in on. Um, and this image of mountain people as being ignorant, stupid, 
backward, uncivilized, and savage. Very much like the Cherokees and other Indians were being described in Oklahoma, even though that was not the case. Well, you can see the similarities. Now, what's the purpose of that? Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, I want to remind you that you're listening to Mountain True from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry, West Jackson Street in Cookville, now offering Zoom teeth whitening. All right, so what's the connection? What's the connection? Uh, if people in Appalachia started to be, and by the way, still are, portrayed as hyper-violent, ignorant, savage, and stupid, just as people uh, surrounding Indian territory were describing the Cherokees because of all the violence that was there, that violence uh, obviously demonstrating the government's need to step in. What's the connection? Well, the connection is that you've got a group of people controlling their own resources, resources that other people want. Other people want access to them. They want unfettered access to them. But the people uh, who have the resources are standing in the way. Therefore, those people are portrayed as an other, as an inferior. And people in um, the Mountain South had not been portrayed that way before this era. Um, why, why, why did that happen? Uh, well, because if you can paint someone, a whole group of people, as being inferior, as being stupid, uh, as being violent, lazy, whatever, then you can justify stepping in and making their decisions for them. And you can justify doing whatever it takes to get access to those resources that they're sitting on but don't know how to use properly because they're just not that bright. Well, we know that not that bright part, that's not true. Um, perhaps if you're from this area, you've heard stuff like that when, when you've traveled around the country. Maybe you just turn on the television and you see some of the reality shows that are still on that focus on those kinds of portrayals. And maybe you've never stopped and thought that that's really not that different from what was, uh, what was happening in Oklahoma with the Cherokees, but actually it's not. Not that different at all. It is an old story. And the sad part is how well that it worked for um, the rest of the country. Um, when talking about people from our area, um, it still works. You, you still hear people talk that way and make those assumptions. If they hear the way you talk uh, or just know that you're from a certain region, they make those assumptions and those assumptions uh, are, are things that are the result of, really, uh, environmental history, uh, if, if you think about it. Uh, when it comes right down to it, efforts to control the resources that, that uh, people were, were sitting on uh, and had been um, managing for years on their own. 
All right. Well, um, maybe you've never thought about that before, but take some time and, and, and think about it and, and, and compare it. Uh, and you'll see, I think you'll see that, that it'll start to make sense and, and look for ways that it sort of uh, manifests itself still, both in how Native Americans are portrayed and in how Appalachian Americans are portrayed. Uh, and then other groups of people as well. And then ask yourself, who benefits? Who ultimately benefits from these types of views of people? Well, um, that was quite a journey in making that connection between moonshining and, uh, you know, the, the Dalton gang and the Wild West and uh, even a, a random Russian naval deserter. Uh, but... It does all fit together. That's what's fascinating about about history, uh, the way that it's this big tapestry and all the different elements of it just pull together this overarching story in which so many things are connected that if you haven't taken the time to look at or think about, you'd never realize that those connections are there. But they are. And we will explore some more of them uh, in a completely different direction next time. Thank you. You've been listening to Mountain True. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.